Welcome to the Women of Yesen podcast. I'm your host, Sophia, and this is an invitation to join me and our amazing guests to find inspiration and insights into your own journey to Yesen. If you ever feel overwhelmed or confused along the way, I'm also here to support you so you can tackle your challenges with confidence and make progress towards this lofty goal. To find out more about my work, check the episode description and make sure to subscribe. Well, إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر Bismillah wa salat wa salam ala rasulillah. Welcome to a new episode of the Women of Yassan podcast. Today, uh, joining me from Manchester, I have Afa Iqbal. Alpha is a nine-figure copywriter, a marketing consultant, and the best-selling author of MindHack Marketing. She works with clients all over the world to help them scale and grow their business. And in her spare time, she's also a mother too. Welcome and salam alaikum again, uh, Alpha. Thank so, you so much for well, joining me today, uh, for making time in your busy schedule. Sakala <laughs> Karen for having me on. Yeah, alhamdulillah. It's uh, it's all good. I'm really looking forward to it, inshallah. Thank you so much. Me too. Me too. So um to start off, please, can you tell us about yourself, a bit about your background that uh that we know a, a bit about um who's Arfa before being this amazing uh spectacular entrepreneur? <laughs> so um it's actually quite uh well I always say it's a bit of an interesting story so it's not typically my my background so this is something that I fell into um so basically what happened was is you know I've got background in IT and I was working in corporate I worked in corporate for three years and uh when I had my son um and he's mashallah 20 now but when I had him I you know did like teaching for like three years so I was working in a school as a teaching assistant and then uh subhanallah after that then uh you know I had uh, baby number two so I had my youngest son and uh, mashallah he turns 15 in two days and uh then after shortly after he was born unfortunately my uh marriage was kind of not in a good place and I realized that's it I have to leave um so mm -hmm. subhanallah it was it was uh like the trajectory that I feel like I'm on now um the the, the trajectory was set you know many years ago by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right like because I had no idea what I was doing like genuinely no idea mm -hmm. what I was doing and so I needed something that I could do from home because I thought well if I'm going to be on my own and I'm going to be raising two children on my own I have to have the skills um, to be able to, you know, take care of myself and to take care of my kids. And uh, subhanAllah, like my sister was like, well, you're, you've always been very good at writing, like literally from when I was very young, like I was always very good at writing. And she's like, why don't you write for local businesses? Um, so that's kind of like where I started. And, you know, at first it was just, you know, small little projects here and there. And then subhanAllah, it's, grown into something over the years it's grown into something very different now like you know proper full stack marketer um you know alhamdulillah like you said like you mentioned I have a best-selling uh book and you know my you know a lot of the clients that I have some of them are celebrity influencers they're thought leaders they're world-renowned experts and they're literally all over the world alhamdulillah it's taken a really long time subhanallah to get there so I've been I've been uh, I started my business in 2010 and uh, yeah a couple of years later I ended up leaving and um, yeah the rest as they say is history subhanallah. Mashallah mashallah that's uh, really uh, amazing to see how how far you've come. Um, can you tell us more about your personal story? Yeah so um, I mean for me it it was very sort of touch and go because I didn't really know what I was doing. So right at the beginning, I would have uh, a lot of like good months, bad months. You know, I'd have months where literally no money coming in. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, I was like really scared. And I think like when you have, you know, kids and, and my children were very young then. So when I left, um, my youngest was two and the eldest was seven. 
Um, and I was very worried and I was very scared because it was things like it was worrying about the everyday little things like how mm. am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the bills? And it was the first time, you know, that I was having to do all of this for myself. Um, and in the last, um, I'd say the last 12 years, I've moved like, was it five or six times now? I've literally just moved again, uh, just uh, shortly, like uh, like earlier this year, um, you know, I, I, I moved again. And subhanAllah, like it's it's been an interesting journey. And I think that, I, I think from where I started to where I am now, I think the biggest thing that I can say is there was a lot of personal development and there was a lot of uh, professional development as well. So I had to really develop my skills. I mean, I started off, as just writing for local businesses and like I say now I work with some of the you know the biggest you know names in the world um and that wasn't you know at that time I didn't know because I didn't have a plan so most people when they decide that you know they, they're going to leave or something they normally have a plan and I didn't have a plan it was just like oh I'm just gonna write for local businesses and that's it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'm not the type of person that settles for mediocrity I was always on the hunt for something better. I was always trying to, you know, you know, rapidly improve my skills. And um, I actually came across a forum called the Warrior Forum. Um, it is a digital marketing forum. And I came across something called copyright. And I was like, what is this copyright? I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was that legal thing where, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, if you want to copyright something, you, you know, there's all these legal laws behind mm -hmm. it. I thought that's what it was. It was so, so embarrassing. Like, you know, but now I realize it was like, obviously it's something completely different. Um, and so it was, it started with like doing little courses. Um, and I found myself a couple of uh, courses online that I took and, you know, embarrassingly, I thought, oh yeah, I've done this course now. So that makes me a really great copywriter. It's like, so far from the truth then I found on the so on the warrior forum I actually uh found my mentor uh Paul Hancock he mentored me for an entire year one-on-one -on -one, and uh really honed my skills and yeah I mean from there my, my you know my business just grew year after year I mean no it it wasn't like I didn't have uh, I didn't have difficulties or challenges, you know, subhanAllah, you know, moving so many times, I got divorced. Um, there was a lot of things that happened in between. At, at one point, I was so broke. I didn't know, you know, I like I would worry about every little thing, even buying, you know, simple groceries would mm -hmm. be very, very mm -hmm. different. Um, and it was because at that point, I hadn't yet mastered how to get clients. It wasn't something that I really understood. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I had fully um mustard so I'd have good months bad months I'd swing between the two um sometimes I wouldn't get clients for like several months at a time like, and they were the scariest times because I did, had no idea what I was doing you know and I was like how am I going to find these clients kind of thing um but once I started um so I started advertising my services on the warrior forum and alhamdulillah a lot of things changed after that like there was a lot more stability um but it still wasn't perfect you know there was still there was a lot of holes um you know like I would still have quiet months and whatnot um and then um at the time you know there was a there was a brother that was um you know that was working for pure matrimony and he was like the head of the project and Pure Matrimony, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a um, matchmaking uh, website, which is, you know, really based on uh, core Islamic values. And um, they, you know, that a lot of their stuff is very heavily based on, in, in education and um, ended up, um, I got introduced uh, to this brother through um, my sister. And um, and this was someone that, that that she had been working with because like she used to she was a uh, designer there. Uh, she was a designer, at, uh, pure matrimony. And so basically, what happened was is uh, long story short, I started as a blog manager. Um, they they got me working on the blog. I actually started initially started doing pure voluntary work, mm -hmm. and um, it was really interesting because. Um, you know, like we had this like team hype. I still remember this, like we had this like team hype where everyone got together and nobody at that point knew what my skill set was. I hadn't really told anyone. I was just like at volunteering and I was just helping wherever I could. And then when I joined this like team hive, um, they asked some like really interesting marketing questions and they were getting feedback from the team. And I gave like very detailed insights and 
um, you know, the guy who was running the project at the time, he was a little bit shocked and he said, sister, I hope you don't mind, but can you please just send me your CV? I'm just, I'm really curious. I don't know anything about your background. <laughs> can you please just send me your CV? So I, when I sent him my CV, he was like, oh my God, like this is the type of person we've been looking for this type of person for the longest time. <laughs> so I started as a blog manager and then he got headhunted and ended up going elsewhere. And within three months, they promoted me to project manager. It was like, mm -hmm. you're the perfect person to take over. And I actually um you know project managed um that business for like five and a half years mm -hmm. um and then in 2018 I decided you know I went for Umrah in 2017 and I made a lot of do I was like Allah please you know I, you know I want to do something for myself I you know I know I'm, I'm I, you know I'm very grateful for the work that I've, I've done here but I I want more than this and I and I want to I want to really take my skills and, and and really explore what I can do for myself and um you know and how can how I can grow my business and alhamdulillah then I made the decision that I'm gonna I'm gonna leave and honestly I will I will never forget the the, the kindness of uh you know the team and and you know the the person who runs the project mashallah you know may Allah reward them like they were so like helped me they helped me so much uh with everything you know knowing that I was in a um you know difficult situation you know being on my own with two children and one life, um, you know, since then, like everything, you know, I'd say since 2018. So when I left, it was since then, it's like, you know, my business has just grown year on year. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I just come off the back, uh, back of uh, one of my best years ever, um, which I'm truly grateful for, you know, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I, I hear that um, faith is playing um, a big role in, in your life, that you've been making dua for Allah to yes. um to help you do something um for yourself yes um how did uh, faith um as as you were having these challenges in your life how did it help you overcome those challenges and how did it shape um in general your your perspective on life i think it changed everything in all honesty i mean um you know when i was um i mean when i was married I mean, I still did like, you know, praying five times a day and everything, but I wouldn't have considered myself to be religious. You know, it's not something that I would have actually have considered myself to be. Um, but when I was on my own, I realized like sometimes, you know, that saying that, you know, Allah brings you through, you're supposed to go through the doors of sabr and shukr. And if you don't, um, then you go through the doors of tests and trials. And certainly I felt like I fell, fell into that latter category. Um, and subhanAllah, like, like my journey to uh, to the dean, like properly into the dean, actually started from you know when I split up with my husband, and um, you know I realized that actually the only one that can help me out of my situation is Allah. Like I can't like there was so much that I wasn't able to do for myself, but like the more I made dua to Him, the more I put my trust in Him, the more I relied on Him. You know I noticed that you know, doors that were previously closed, Allah would open them for me, right? And when I would make du'a, like even, you know, my children said, I'm like, mom, please, you know, when you when you make du'a, like always remember us because like, you know, even my son, like he always says this, he goes, mom, you have to make du'a for me because like when you make du'a, yeah, Allah always listens to you. And, and I always laugh at that. And I'm like, yeah, but Allah will listen to you too, right? <laughs> so like, I, you know, it's that thing, but it's like building that relationship, knowing that Allah is the one in control. I think it actually gives you a lot of uh, strength, inner strength, you know? And I think like even with uh, tawakkul, which is, you know, having the reliance and trust upon Allah, sometimes even, you know, when you're, when you're going through your own tests and trials, like I'm telling you that could, even that can be, sometimes it can, it can be shaken, you know, your tawakkul can be shaken um, because, you know, you're, you're listening too much to the waswasa of shaitan, you know, shaitan is telling you this and you're listening more to the negative and rather than, focusing on the one who can provide and the one who can give you everything. Um, so there's a lot of lessons that I've learned myself over the years. And um, for me, Dean is very important. Um, and it has become more so as I've gotten older. Um, you know, my children are, you know, subhanAllah, they are um, grown up now. And, you know, I, I recognize and I understand the value of the Dean even more. So the older I get, the more I am, I'm, you know, really understanding that actually nothing happens without his will, you know, so everything that we do 
is ultimately it's within his control it's within his will so we should do what he asks us to do he's our creator at the end of the day he knows us better than we know ourselves and if we want something like i always explain this to my children as well like don't just make dua for something and that then not do your part mm-hmm. you require, like you still have to get up and pray you still have to you know like what did the prophet tell us right mm-hmm. that um you know you have to tie your camel and then place your trust in Allah and I think what people do is they fall into this sort of you know I'm going to make a lot of dua but then they don't take the action you know mm-hmm. and so I like to think of myself as someone who does take action and who who does move on things um you know it's not always easy but like if you're steadfast on that and you keep making dua then Allah you know he opens doors for you like you know some of the clients that I've worked with in my life like I, I didn't even know like I, I had like this wish list of clients mm-hmm. I would love to work with subhanallah and um yeah and like when I made the dua and stuff I'm like I have no idea I'm going to reach this client but subhanallah I'm so shocked like referrals would come in and I would work with these like you know really well-known people and I'm like oh my goodness I didn't even like there's no way I could have done that do you see what I mean like Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. only I say that is purely from Allah because and and for me that's a reminder that like Allah is going to make the impossible possible right Mm -hmm. like you have to you have to keep doing your part right Mm -hmm. and then you have to leave the result to him so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very important part of my my life uh Dean is very important to me Mashallah, Alhamdulillah, it's amazing to to hear you speaking about that. Um, before that, or even during um, this journey, um, did you have any misconception or limiting belief that was actually holding you back? That's a great question. I had many limiting beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> um, always, uh, like, I had imposter syndrome. I didn't even know I had imposter syndrome. So I had mm-hmm. imposter syndrome for the longest time. And... Um, it was a good uh, friend of mine, actually, that reminded me that actually, you know, I want you to start focusing on the wins that you have, not the losses, because I'm one of these people, because obviously the type of role that I have is very much based on performance. And, you know, just because, you know, you're good at what you do doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect every single time you do it. Right? There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be things outside of your control. And I'm one of these people, I really take losses to heart a lot. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like this didn't work the way it was supposed to, you know, kind of thing. Um, and it's very important to separate the two, right? So if you do something and it doesn't work in your business, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means that what you did just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you, and and my my thing is now is I don't see myself as the failure. I see it as a lesson that I learned. That's it right and it's a very different way of looking at things we all have uh, you know our limitations I do feel for me my confidence is something that I'll always kind of have to work on I'm uh, very much an introvert I don't um especially I'm a social introvert I I'm not comfortable being in a room full of a lot of people it, it scares me I get anxiety I'm I want to like fun fact right I went to a wedding <laughs> Quite a while ago actually I went to a <laughs> wedding and I was uh I didn't want to be seen I knew a lot of the people at this wedding and in the in the hall they had like these really large pillars I found myself a table that was behind a pillar and I sat with my back to the entire like to the entire hall the entire evening so I wouldn't have to speak to anyone so why who who dragged you there is my question <laughs> <laughs> my mum was like it was a it's a you know they're, they're very good family friends like you must come they've invited you I'm like I'm coming but I'm not I can't like I please don't expect anything this is the limit me. of my Birol Walidin this is literally <laughs> this is it for me and it's very scary like you know I think for me like uh back in um uh, June I took part uh, uh, in uh, the ultimate entrepreneur uh, competition I um, you know and I had to stand in front of 50 entrepreneurs and deliver a 10 minute presentation oh my god like my voice was like going you know like I couldn't I, I felt like I was talking really fast and you know my heart was pounding like anything my mouth was dry I was like oh my god this is this is so bad I actually thought I did terrible and Dan uh, Dan Bradbury so he's he's one of my mentors um, he actually came up to me afterwards and he said that was really good I really he goes I actually thought because there were six people like you know who uh who, who did it and he goes I actually thought yours was the most practical I mean I didn't win um but he actually um 
he he had me down as an inspiration for one of his uh, podcasts. And so an entire episode, it was uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the talk that I did inspired one of his podcasts, um, which was like really wonderful. Um, but it, like, it's not a, it's not something I wish to repeat anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so even my my coach was like saying to me, like, you know, how did that feel? I said, I, said, I, I don't know how, what you thought, but I said, I was so nervous. I said, I can't even remember half the stuff that I said. So when I finished, I sat down and I was like, everyone's like, that was really good. That was really good. And I was like, yeah. And, and, and I just, um, yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, when you just block a memory out of your brain, <laughs> feel like that 10 minutes just was like a complete blur. You know, it was, it was very scary. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's probably one of my biggest things. It's, it's being seen or getting in front of, you know, groups of people. It makes me very uncomfortable, to be honest. It's not something I enjoy. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know what strikes me um, as I hear you speak is, and I think uh, I want to point this out to anyone who's listening, is how you mention uh, your mentors yes. and coaches. And uh, I think it's really important because uh, lots of time we think we have to do everything by ourselves. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that it's possible for anyone to be successful without some sort of a mentor. I just I just don't believe that that is possible. If, if you look like and, and look, let's let's go to the dean now. Right. So if you look mm -hmm. at the Prophet, right, who was who was the Prophet's um, mentor? It was Allah himself. Right. And um, then Jibreel would come down with the revelation. Right. And would guide him and tell him what to do. Or he would get direct wahi from from Allah himself. Right. You look at all the major people in the world, like, you know, the heads of state. Right. Like they have, you know, vice presidents like the, the, the not just presidents. They have, you know, vice presidents. They have an entire cabinet like to advise them, mm -hmm. you know, Shura, which is seeking counsel, mm -hmm. is part and parcel of our religion. Yeah. Right. Shura is part and parcel of our religion. Even like from a very young age, believe it or not, my my father, you know, you know, may Allah bless him, such a wonderful man. Like he intuitively, you know, would, you know, if there was a major problem or there was something that he thought was going to impact the whole family, he would call everybody downstairs and, and we'd be like, oh, my God, like, are we in trouble or something? You know, <laughs> and he'd sit us all down and. He would ask, he'd say, "We ha there's this problem. How should we handle this problem? And he would ask every single, even my sister, I remember at the time she was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And he would, say, he would ask her opinion as well. Mm -hmm. Because what, so my dad like firmly believed like the, sh the Shura is the best thing. Like, you know, and, and my dad, even to this day, like I'm, you know, all these years later, if there's an important thing that, you know, that impacts the whole family or is going to impact something major within the family, my dad always makes sure, right? Mm -hmm. And so having advisors, having mentors, having coaches, believe it or not, this is actually baked into our deen right mm -hmm. from the get-go. When you Every time you pick up the Quran, Allah himself is guiding you. But then you need, like, you know, people like imams and, and and whatnot like to help guide you through the material you cannot do it on your own right so I do firmly believe that if for you to succeed you have to have mentors you have to have coaches right you cannot help people if you yourself are struggling in so many different ways right and that's what your coaches do your coaches and your mentors are going to bring um, to the forefront, the things that you need to work on the most, right? Um, I've had a coach now for the last nine years, and um, in March it'll be it'll be ten years. At any one point, um, I've had like four coaches at any one point, four or five coaches at any one point. Right now, I have two coaches, you know, and I'm you know a plus one advisor, right? So I've got two coaches plus one advisor. Would I ever stop doing that? And the answer is absolutely not. We get because, used to it. <laughs> well, it's not even the fact that I'm used to it, right? Because I need you need you need it. You know, you, you know, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, you need to be held accountable. Like exactly, if you yeah. Do well. You know, everyone likes the thought of being successful. The truth of the matter is very few people are willing to do what it takes mm -hmm. to actually get there. Mm -hmm. And Part of that journey does require for other people to point out the things in you which are very uncomfortable. You know, I've, my coach has said 
things to me and I'm like oh, oh god I didn't, I didn't really like that you know but it's like <laughs> you have to suck it up and you and that's the that's part of growth right so you know that saying like nothing goes away until it teaches you what you need to know mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like if you're making if you're doing the same thing and expecting the same results but you keep getting bad results and nothing is changing I think it's time for you to think about getting yourself a mentor or a coach yeah indeed indeed and I feel like um it's uh, for like in in sports it's so obvious that oh, so normal to, so normal it's, it's yeah. normal like there's no there's no one who's serious about uh sports who doesn't have a coach exactly exactly everyone in the sports world has a coach even people who are not at that you know elite level mm-hmm. they still have a coach yeah. right? even the kids <laughs> It's true. It's totally true. But it's it's considered normal in in you know in that world. But it's yeah. not you know it's, it's I find it very strange. Me too. Don't make it normal like in your everyday. Like if you're a business owner, right, mm-hmm. and or you're a professional and you're trying, you've got certain goals that you want to hit, the certain things that you want to be able to do. How can you possibly hit them if you don't know what your own limitations are? You don't know how mm-hmm. to break through them. Like that's mm-hmm. what a coach is going to help you. They're going to exactly. they're going to shine a light. The coach is going to a great coach is going to shine a light on where you need to do the most amount of work and will guide you through the process. I certainly couldn't. I don't think I'd be where I am today without the help of my coach. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I hope uh, it resonates with few people because I think I heard you um, say that as well uh, in a previous podcast. Yeah, but. Um, If you want to grow your business, yeah. you first have to grow yourself. 100%. Like if your business isn't growing, it's because you are not growing, right? Mm-hmm. And actually that's something that my mentor, uh, Dan Bradbury, actually says all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. business isn't growing, it's because you're not growing. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is every time I push myself for growth and I have someone to guide me through the process, it happens 10 times faster. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. So the great thing about having a coach is they it dramatically shortens your learning curve right mm-hmm. if it's going to take me a year to figure something out with a coach i can do it in three months yeah like why why would i want to take the long route it's it just doesn't make sense to me yeah i think it's also where um when you reach this um that yeah. your time more valuable than your money of course Of course, you know, I, you know, I, I love what you just said there, right? So the time is definitely the, your most valuable resource, right? Because you can always make more money, but you can't yep. make more time. Yeah. Right? So if, it, if you're going to spend years trying to figure out what it takes to get successful, why would you waste all of that time that God's given you? Why would you not put that towards, you know, being more productive by just hiring the right people in the first place to help you? Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, I think it's it's uh, I think especially for Muslims as well, I feel like it, we're getting better at it. I, I feel like it's very normal in the, you know, in the Western world to have some sort of a coach or a mentor. I feel like Muslims are starting to wake up to this more. But it is something that I feel, you know, I think more Muslims need to be, you know, waking up to the fact that actually, that you know, they do need that help. Um, and there's nothing wrong in saying, hey, you know, I'm struggling here. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I actually, yeah. Uh, I second that. And even I would say we should actually be at the forefront of that because yeah. our dean is all about um, becoming good. better and the best yeah. version of ourselves. Well, so I really, you know, it really triggers me when I hear some Muslims saying, oh, personal development is against my principles. Oh, yeah, really? Which one? I mean, I really, it really, you know, it really irritates me when I, when I hear that because I, I, I feel like some people, they, uh, they miss the plot. (laughs) Well, they totally do. I think that's for me just tells me that there's a very poor understanding of the religion. Um, And actually, our dean commands excellence right that's what this whole podcast is about right women of ihsan right ihsan means to do things with excellence there is baked into our dean we're not allowed to do something half-heartedly either you put 100% in it or don't bother right actually a parcel of what we do right like when you're younger like you know i've seen um parents will put a lot of emphasis on their children doing well in education uh they will get them tutors they will get them you know additional help and things like that but if you think about it 
if you're if there are things that you need to learn in order to be successful you're going to need to teach for the rest of your life exactly so you know why would why should it be any different when you're a business owner why should it be any different when you're trying to reach goals and you're a professional like it shouldn't make any difference whatsoever actually like you should be seeking out the best people to help you to get to wherever it is that you want to go like you want to um you know grow your business you want to scale your business you want to you know become a better person you know I had a, a time management coach this was ages ago uh, Islamic time management coach I had you and I were uh, you know both had that right and I worked with him um for quite some time actually and I got my book written during that time and I was very sick when I when I wrote my book so I, you know I'd, I'd ruptured two of the discs in my lower back mm. I wasn't able to walk properly for a good nine months and it was very hard for me to even sit for any length of time like you know sitting for an hour would cause me immense agony you know and like literally just an hour and I would be like I have to go lie down and and subhanallah during that time you know when I was like very unwell that's when I wrote my book um, but I did it on with you know two coaches behind me right so I had a time mm -hmm. management coach that was helping me and then I had my other coach my business coach that was helping me so in other words you know I would not have this book would not my book would not have been possible without me having my coaches to hold me to account um, and there are so many things that I still want to achieve in my life and I know going forward it's it, you know the way I look at it is like I will have a coach for as long as Allah allows me to have a coach that's it mm -hmm. inshallah inshallah and same for me <laughs> <laughs> inshallah <laughs> definitely it's it's just a game changer and I think Absolutely. maybe may, maybe people who've never tried it the like you don't know what you don't know yeah but yeah. when once you you try it and you get the results and you think yes. oh my god I've been I've been missing out on this for all this time yes then um, as long as you have this project, this vision and, you know, moving forward, you know that your time is precious. You don't want to you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. You want to maximize it um, as much as possible. So, I mean, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think, you know, like we're living in a time where everyone has got access to the Internet. Almost everyone has got access to the Internet. If you're listening to this right now, you've got access to the Internet. You have coaches. You don't even have to leave your house. This is what I love about, you know, yeah. being a coach, right? You don't even have to leave your house. You can get on a Zoom call, get on a Google Me, even like if you're old school, get on Skype, whatever. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> is it still there, Skype? <laughs> <laughs> SubhanAllah. Yeah, I still have coaching sessions on Skype, you know? So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my coach that's been coaching me, Kevin is called, uh, you know, he's a wonderful coach. And, you know, he's been coaching me since 2014. And we've always done it on Skype. We still do it on Skype. The only time a time I ever open up my Skype is when I have my call with him. And I and I have a call with him for one hour every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've got my call with him on Friday. Right. And um, you know, I I I know he's he wants to see my 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 plans for uh, Q1. He wants to stress test my plans. He wants to poke holes in it. He wants to make sure that I'm focusing on the right things. I mean, it's just extraordinary with how a little bit of focus, like how much you can actually start, you know, really uh, breaking some of your own goals and breaking some of your own records. But you need someone to hold you to account for that. So, yeah. Okay. So if everyone was wondering, wow, how did she um, achieve nine figures? Okay, now there you go. You have. Well, no, I should I should say it wasn't nine figures for myself; it's for my clients. So yeah, Collective. yeah. But I, I mean, a lot of people might also wonder that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I've done I've done uh, over 150 million and counting for my clients. Mashallah, so, yeah. mashallah. you. Um, as a as a copywriter, as a marketing expert and consultant, how would you like your Islamic values to reflect on your work? Oh, this is a great question. I love this question. So there, there are a lot of things that I will say no to. I've had people approach me for things like that are that I consider to be uh, unethical. Um, you know, I had someone uh, come to me saying, oh, we have this uh, product, you know, we'll pay you really well. And, you know, I looked at it and I was like, that's a very dodgy product. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to help you there. I've had people... Um, numerology astrology 
the occult. I'm like, keep me away from Astaghfirullah, keep me away from all of that, <laughs> right? So it very much guides a lot of the principles. And But you know what's really been the most fantastic is the fact that I can use my skills. I've worked with a lot of nonprofits um, and it has been wonderful that I'm able to contribute um, you know, I did a, I remember this is quite some time ago, actually, I did a direct mail campaign for a charity um, and they focused on, you know, helping orphans to get educated. And it was so rewarding, subhanAllah. So like using your skills for good, but also like, you know, when I do things, I do things with, a, you know, I, I would hope, inshallah, that I do things with a lot of integrity. So I'm, you know, I'm very clear, open and transparent with clients. I don't, I don't hide anything. You know, I'm, I'm very, very open with how I work with, with my clients and stuff. And I feel that this is something that they really do value in me. You know, um, a lot of the clients that I work, like one of my clients at this moment in time, like they're a multi eight figure company. And they they really do, um, you know, they, they come to me for a lot of advice, um, you know, uh, just overall. And like, I'm so clear with them, like, I don't hide anything like, yeah, this is good. This is not good. You know, like, I don't I don't do the whole I'm just going to tell you something just because you want to know it. I will tell them what I genuinely, truly believe is going to help them. And if I think something's going to hurt them, I will say no. You know, like it. I do feel that my values do come through in that. Um, it's a little bit awkward when you go to like uh, non-Muslim events and people don't understand they want to try and shake your hand. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't shake hands. You know, I, I, I you know, I don't really enjoy doing, you know, going, I, I don't really enjoy like, you know, uh, spending, um, you know, just wasting time, just chilling for the sake of chilling. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know things like that. I mean, that doesn't mean to say that I don't, you know, spend time at home or whatever. But like when I'm out and about, I feel like I'm more mindful because obviously, you know, when I'm out and about, the way I look at it is people are going to judge me because I'm wearing a headscarf. They're going to judge me as a Muslim woman. So how I show up is very, very important. Um, I just do things. I do try my best to do things with um, a high degree of integrity I always like putting 110 percent when I'm doing things and I do feel that I do things with Ihsan when I'm working with my clients so this is how I feel that this has uh, inshallah it's really impacted me but also um, paying it forward I think that is extremely important like I I don't think that I'm Allah put me on this earth just to you know help other businesses and that's it right mm -hmm. I I really firmly believe in philanthropy it's a very big thing um, that I'm very passionate about and I you know I wherever I can I will work on projects that you know do help to do that or my my own business is able to fund projects like this and it just honestly brings me immense amount of joy alhamdulillah alhamdulillah um going a bit um deeper on 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 this um point that you've mentioned philanthropy is something yeah. you're passionate about is there anything else about your vision for the future, how you would like to impact, like have this positive impact uh, on the world? What kind of legacy you would like to, to leave behind? Yeah. Um, so this is something that I've given a lot of thought to. And um, for me, philanthropy is number one. It's one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do. And I make sure, you know, that, you know, certain, you know, that I'm helping certain projects. Like my business has actually funded quite a few, um, you know, projects. Alhamdulillah, I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm hoping that as my business grows, I'll be able to do even more of that. Like, I feel this is something that I want to do. I want to go to, you know, like poor countries in the world. And I want to set up, you know, water projects. I want to set up women's shelters. I know what it's like to be a single mother who's really struggling. And, you know, there were people in my life, very important people, actually, that came and helped me financially. And I have never forgotten that. And it's I'm not the type of person that I, you know, believe in um, just dishing out handouts for the sake of it, but about empowering women and giving them the skills that they can take care of themselves you know, um, it's not something that I often share with people, but at one point I was on government assistance and I'm very grateful that I'm not now. Um, but what about in countries where they don't have that? Now, what what do women do if their husband dies and they've lost yeah. the bread in their family? What yeah. is the woman going to do? How is she going to make a living? 
And what would really, really upset me is thinking that if these women don't have anything and they don't have anything to fall back on, they unfortunately, they resort to begging and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no dignity in that. We know from our dean as well that this is, it actually opens the door for poverty. Begging opens the door for poverty, right? Mm -hmm. He's trapped in that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think part and parcel of what our, our dean commands is, really to leave the world in a better place like you know like the way I look at it is Allah's blessed me with the skill set I can go anywhere in the world as long as I've got an internet connection I've got my laptop I can work from anywhere right there's nothing stopping me from you know helping to teach other people's skills or at least to put something in place where other people can be helped um, and that is my sort of long-term goal inshallah I really do want to be able to do long-term foster long-term projects um, and I want that to be my legacy and my impact and I'm, I would hope inshallah that it, it would last you know for maybe hundreds and hundreds of years or inshallah till the end of time um, for when whenever Allah decides is the end of time you know I would hope that there would be something um, that I would be able to leave behind that 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 really does fall into that and uh, is sadaqah jariya for me uh, inshallah. So. Inshallah, may Allah grant you the tawfiq to, um, to achieve all of that. And, uh, you know, um, um, as a reminder to myself as well, um, having this intention in and of itself yeah. is already um, getting you the reward of it, whether you achieve it or not. Yes. If, you, if we are sincere, just having this noble intention, um, it, it's just, and, and putting in the efforts and like, Tending to this direction, um, it's already a win for us. So, Absolutely. inshallah, inshallah. Um, now, I'm also curious to know about uh, what are your routines that you do on a regular basis to help you achieve success? Oh, that's a really good one, actually. So my routine kind of got a bit scuppered when I when I did my house move, but I do have a daily walking habit. Um, so it's been a bit hit and miss. The weather's been a bit bad and and whatnot. I don't have the car anymore and I normally go to the local park. Um, but you know, like even uh day before yesterday, I was like pacing up and down, <laughs> you know, literally like pacing up and down my bedroom. So my son was like, What what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm getting my walk in, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I can't go out because it's raining, but um, I'm still walking, right? Mm -hmm. Um so that's definitely something that I do. Um, I think in, in terms of habits and routines, like doing the morning adhkar, doing the evening adhkar, I have a daily Quran habit, um, which I feel is really fundamental to success. I don't think that that is, I don't think it's possible to have success without it, to be honest, uh, you know, and so many times I've been, uh, I've had problems or issues and I've needed guidance and I've just opened the Quran and the answer's right there on the page. Mm -hmm. So I read uh, somewhere that it, when you read the Quran, the Quran reads you, you know, and so you will take out of the Quran the lessons that you need to for yourself. Um, so I am very much a morning person. Um, so I do like, I, I try and make sure that I have, like you know a solid like my morning routine is pretty much dialed in now so first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I do all of the du'as and I do read some Quran and that is before I've even started and mm. like, most of the time I will do that before I'm even you know at my desk for work sort of thing um and you know throughout the day then I will make sure that even like for example when I'm doing my salah and stuff like that I am taking time out to reflect um, that is definitely something that I feel like I need to improve on. It's, you know, everyone has a has a point. And I'm trying to work on the Dabur now, which is pondering of the, over the Quran, really trying to... I bought the Majestic Quran, actually. Oh, my God. Like, if you haven't got this, like, it's amazing, right? It really makes the Quran, like, so simple to understand. Um, so, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, so I've got that and I've started reading that. And I cannot believe the amount of um, clarity that I've had just from reading that one now, inshallah. So, yeah. And um, so outside of uh, those routines, this is more about like just being mindful. Um, I have like a planning process that I do at least once a week. I have a planning process that I do. I plan the week ahead. I do regular strategic planning. So we've come to the end of 
we're perhaps at the, the end of Q4 now, um, so quarter four. So the first thing I will do is I will evaluate my performance over the last 90 days. Um, and I do a really detailed analysis. I will break all of that down. But then for Q1, I will do a plan for what I want, you know, uh, January through to March to look like. So I really like, so there's a really good book actually that I recommend for everyone. It's called The 12 Week Year by Brian Moran. I pretty much live and die by those principles. <laughs> so yeah, they are so powerful. So what we do is we work in um, 90 day sprints, right? Mm -hmm. And so I only focus on maximum three things during that 90 days. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's only one thing. Like for example, when I was writing my book, that's all I focused on for that 90 day period was just getting my book finished. Nothing else, like literally nothing else, right? But Alhamdulillah, I did have work um that I didn't need I didn't and it did not need to worry about having to go get a client because I already had a big project that I was working on but um aside from that it's really just having the I have the the bi-weekly coaching um so that is something that is part and parcel of my routine for the last um you know going on like since 2014 now so this has been my 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 you know bi-weekly routine uh one hour with my coach and then I do a lot of prep work I look at my numbers on a regular basis I mean this is just a scratching the surface of what I do but it's kind of it's very much a mainstay of what I do it's like a muscle that you train you know having this discipline and planning and and um, the the more often you do it on a like the more regular you are and the better you get it's like going at the gym or like again training a muscle absolutely. yeah so. absolutely well it, interestingly so so last year um I, when i went for umrah um i was building up my walking and mm -hmm. like we were doing a lot of walking and mm -hmm. so Subhanallah, so three months beforehand, I basically, I enrolled into a gym and, mm -hmm. you know, every day I would finish work and I would literally just go to the gym, I'd mm -hmm. like drive to the gym and I would do like 30 to 60 minutes on the treadmill and mm -hmm. then like, because I didn't have one at home and then I would just come home or mm -hmm. it was either that or the elliptical trainer and then mm -hmm. I would just like, come home and that was, that was like just to prepare for going for Umrah. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And it helps you. I mean, I'm I'm sure you you oh felt my God, it massively helps. Oh mm. my word. Yeah. So on one particular day, I still remember because I was uh, had a Fitbit. So that's another thing that I highly recommend. It's like tracking your steps, use a mm. Fitbit, it will really help you. Um and and on one particular day, I did uh 23,000 steps. Mm -hmm. And I had to take painkillers because my legs were just absolutely oh they were killing me. I was like, oh, my God. And we literally did a tour of the whole of Makkah. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to the harem. We went behind the harem and whatnot. And, um, you know, we saw where the Prophet, you know, like where his, where his house used to be and stuff like so we, we did all of that. And then obviously going back and forth, you know, it, oh, my goodness, it's just so much walking. Subhanallah, I was like, yeah, I lost some serious weight during that time as well. <laughs> the amount of walking that I did, subhanAllah, it's just a lot. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, it's not it's not easy to go to go no. and uh, or, or, or Hajj. You know, you have to be you have to be fit if you want to to yeah, see something. I would I would say so. I would say so. And and every time I have gone, um, so I've been three times now. So every time I've gone, I always start the walking three months beforehand. So. Uh, uh, okay. like I really start increasing in the walking. Yes. Yeah. People prepare for marathon and and you yeah. prepare for Amr. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I would take my so um I would take my I'll take my son with me. So when I um so when I went in 2017, so my son came when he was 13 at the time, and then by the time we went, he he was 14, and I would drag him out to the park with me. And I'm like, when we have to we have to walk around the park, we have to walk around the park. You have to get used to it. Mm -hmm. so, this is so hard, mom. I went, yeah, that's why we're starting now. Oh you my. Know? Yeah, yeah, it's just, it was worth it though because it made it easy for us. Alhamdulillah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. amazing. So, okay, that's another tip. You know that saying, right? Right, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. That's exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I repeat that very often as well. <laughs> um, do you have any anyone dead or alive um, that inspires you? Um, so, like something you know that, um, yeah, that that causes you to look up to them, uh, yeah. maybe a man or woman, someone yes. dead or alive. Um, so definitely, <laughs> Prophet Salim goes oh, 
But the other, the, the Sahaba that um, I definitely look up to is Uthman, uh, so I love, and this is where I got the idea of the philanthropy from. So he, you know, he did, um, he bought a piece of land. So when we went, uh, we had, we went past it as well. And I was like, oh, so cool. So that land was dedicated um, specifically for the poor people. Mm -hmm. and they there's a hospital on there they grow crops on there like there's date palms on there and all of that is like literally for the hujaj you know it's it's for for all of them um and it's free for them subhanallah and i'm like that like look at this like we're 1400 years later people are still benefiting from that piece of land that uthman created right and so that is still benefiting him even though he's passed away now rahim allah he even though he's passed away and i'm like that's what i want to do i want to do that that's what i want to do mm -hmm. so i i always have it in my head and then i think about khadija radiallahu she was the mm -hmm. same she was a uh, the equivalent you know they say the scholars say that if khadija radiallahu was alive today she would have been the equivalent of a billionaire Mm -hmm. that's how that's how wealthy she was she was so extraordinarily wealthy and she was a businesswoman like come on i mean sisters <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast like you know that's that's the kind of standard we need to be um really pushing ourselves towards right and we have all of these incredible examples in our own history indeed mm -hmm. you know and look it, it we take our inspiration wherever we know there is goodness in it right like you see something good doesn't matter whether it's a believer or non-believer if you see something good everyone can be inspired by something but i actually believe that you know our um history it shows us like there's so much beauty in in the history uh, and and especially in the women if you look at the women of ihsan you look at maryam um you know uh you know uh, she was she has an entire chapter in the quran dedicated towards her uh, for, for her because she was so pure she was so chaste and and you know a lot of christians they get a shock when they're like hang on a minute there's an entire chapter yeah. for mary in the in the quran i'm like yeah, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and they get they get such a shock and she's like she was like the purest woman ever to have walked the face of this earth mm -hmm. like, wow wow what what an amazing role model for our younger um you know for, for the for the younger sisters right like she's just an amazing role model right like so we have all these incredible role models and, and I, there's also a chapter which yeah. is called women surah and nisa right so about the women and their rights and 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 what is due for them and this was like at a time mm -hmm. when it was completely unheard of right mm -hmm. this the, this was revealed at a time when girls baby girls would be buried alive yes yeah. and it was you know that practice was abolished with islam so subhanallah you know like i feel like um our deen has already given us everything that we need to exactly, be successful yeah. and i feel like if we seek our success elsewhere i just feel like we're not going to get it definitely yeah yeah i, I mean it's... i tried all of that like you know doing the whole <laughs> following the you know uh following everyone else but not having the deen element mm -hmm. i'm telling you everything i used to do just to completely fall apart so yeah. um but now like, and it leaves you with a void um i oh, mean there, there's there's a place in our heart which, which is only for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if we don't feel it with um the remembrance of him the quran and yeah. uh the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we will never feel uh fulfilled anyway i would agree um, with you 100 because what is the point then like that's uh, you know and this is something that i teach my children as well like if you fill that void in your heart with other things yeah it leaves you very spiritually dead yeah like, because are... the, the heart is not created for that the heart oh, belongs God. to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. yeah and actually it's, it's interesting like how many times have we heard stories where billionaires millionaires like really wealthy people or people who've got everything they commit suicide yeah right or they fall into depression or uh who is that latest one the the guy from um friends he, he yeah. drowned then because he was in depression and he had a uh, alcohol dependency mm -hmm. alhamdulillah you know like we go through all challenging times we don't we don't rely on things like this to get us by because we put our trust in in allah we know that he's going to get us out of the mess right um, but we have to do whatever we can. And I think it's very important. Like if you want to be successful, there is no success without having the deen in your life. Yeah. Like if you went in the adhan, what does Allah say? 
like you know come to salah come to success like so your salah is the basis of your success in your life if you don't even have that as the basis for that like for your life in this life and yeah, the next it, exactly right so how are you going to find that success yeah. and if you think about the practices <clears throat> that we have as muslims um we by our very nature we have the five daily prayers why is that important it disciplines you mm -mm. right that think about it you know you have to stop five times a day to remember your lord and non-muslims are all uh, they're always um like gobsmacked when they hear what you stop five times a day to pray literally right? and let alone fasting like yeah. <laughs> When we did it, like we got we got Ramadan is around the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. So inshallah, like you know, we got March coming up for 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 Ramadan. I'm it's like literally my favorite time of year. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just wish it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love it so much, and the sakina you can feel the sakina in your Indeed. heart. You yeah. can feel the sakina coming. The fasting down. is is easy then, because we are all oh, fasting, so it's always it's so easy. I always I have to say right, so you know. Uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, Allah has always made fasting very, very easy for me. I always get confused when people say, but like, don't you, like, isn't it really hard? I'm like, no, it's so easy. So Can't you hard. drink water? Yeah, Not even water? You don't even, like, the first day is obviously hard, right? First, I'd say probably two days is a little bit hard. But then after that, subhanAllah, yeah. like, no, no problem there, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah, yeah subhanAllah, it's, uh, it's the magic of, uh, well, if I can say magic. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> yeah, subhanallah. Yeah, yeah all good, all good. Alhamdulillah. Amazing, amazing. So before before I let you go, I just uh, I also need to ask you what kind of um, uh, piece of advice you would like to leave to to the audience, whether they're younger sisters or maybe not so young. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I would give is probably two bits of advice, which is number one, hold fast to your deen because without that you are nothing. Like literally, our honor comes from our deen. And if you seek it elsewhere, then sadly, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, secondly, get yourself a cultural mentor, like literally, like you cannot succeed without one. Um, and like I was explaining earlier on, it's literally baked into our deen. Um, there's like Islam gives you the, uh, the guidelines. It gives you the framework for how you should even right down to business transactions is all covered. Right. And so we're told how we should behave. Right. But like it's part and we have to learn that as well. Of course, absolutely, right? But also, like, it's important to understand that you can never get to where you want to go if you remove God from that equation. Mm -hmm. It's it's not possible. And I honestly, I don't, I can't care less for people who have that amazing success and there's no dean in their life. I'm like, yeah, but what's it all for? Yeah. Like it's you, there has to be a bigger reason I can and, and I would say this is a, a really uh, big piece of advice have a deeper reason like what is your big why because mm -hmm. if you don't have that it actually becomes very difficult for you to continue like if you're doing it just because you want to have a nice life that is not a deep enough reason like everyone even doesn't matter how good you are in your business whatever you are going to have ups and downs this is natural this is normal it's a part of parcel of life But if you don't have something deeper to hold on to, if you don't have a deeper reason why, guess what? You're going to you're going to literally you're going to fail at the first hurdle. Right. So a bit of difficulty comes along. You're going to give up. Right. Whereas you need something that's more enduring. You need something that outlasts you. Like, don't do this just because you want a nice life. Like, do it because, you know, you want to leave a legacy. Do it because you want to create an impact. Do it because you, you know, you know that Allah has created you and he put you on this earth, but you want to leave the earth in a better state than when you entered it first entered it and that's definitely my goal and i you know i would say like make that your intention that when you leave this earth you're going to leave a positive impact in the world that is going to endure inshallah well after you have gone yeah and even if it's only by raising um pious children absolutely and 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 you know and... I, i really want to say something on this because i think this is so uh underrated now yeah. people don't that's why i said that's why i, I pointed yeah. out because we've been yeah. talking a lot about business and, yes. and projects and so on but um we know that our first responsibility when we have children absolutely is it's children. to the children and i would actually say to the sisters look if you know if if uh you know you've got children and, and they're being neglected because you're trying to work on your business and you're trying to make things work then your legacy is your children what are you leaving them behind with 
it's very very sad I mean when I was uh, going through my you know when I went through my divorce and stuff like that I you know really did struggle um I wasn't really able to I didn't really understand how to juggle you know family life with you know business life it was literally all business my kids are growing up now alhamdulillah and I have a great relationship with them but there's a lot of things that I wish I could have done differently and so I would say to the sisters like children home first like please don't do what I did which is you know it's all you know <laughs> you know business 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 and then the poor kids are like where's mom <laughs> right like I you know I work from home you know alhamdulillah you know so it wasn't that but you know it's it's very important that you must give time to your children you know like that's it's it's something that I wish I could change but you know I I'm very grateful that I have a great relationship with my children now um but it, I would definitely say to the sisters like kids number one you know like they are your greatest treasure and how you raise them like you know when you get older and you know you you reflect it there's a lot of regret like you know and you don't want to be in a position where you've got a lot of regret you know subhanallah so i would say um to the sisters like put your children first it's the most important thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah amazing um yeah and i felt like uh it's it's important like you said it's underrated like yeah. oh, i'm just a mom no oh it's, it's the most it's important amazing. job in the it's, whole wide world honestly it's, it's the most important job in the whole world yeah 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 and it's a job you're going to have for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like i said my kids are like grown up now right and they still need their mom so yeah, yeah. definitely definitely um so to finish um and thank you again for this piece of advice i think uh, like coming from someone who has uh, your experience um i i i myself i definitely benefit from that because people who, who have more experience you know been there done that you have to listen to them and yeah. obviously i also like to listen to younger uh people because subhanallah they also have some interesting things to say uh, definitely but um uh also not forget that people um who have who are a few steps ahead of us we really need to to take heed of what what they say what like what we've been experiencing and um yeah so mashallah i'm, I'm happy that uh, you could share all of this with us um is there someone that you would like to see as a guest on the podcast i think you've already had her i was gonna say sister hafsa uh, Hafsa Adam, she is amazing, mashallah. She is. She is. So love in my heart, so much respect and admiration for her. But I think you've yeah. already had her on, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had her. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, because yeah, what I what I like to well, if she hadn't been on, um, what kind of question you would have liked to to ask her? That's a really great question. I think the question I would have asked her is um just give me an excuse to have her back <laughs> yeah, like I you know I would love to know like how she really got through her darkest times um there's like her 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 journey is very inspiring she's a very good friend of mine um and her journey is very 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 inspiring I mean I you know and yeah, she has she, she talks lot, she talks about it yes about it. I, I teared up a few times I just had to mute yeah. myself and <laughs> yeah I feel that like what she went through, I feel every single Muslim woman should listen to her story because that is a story of Tawakkul. It's a story of really understanding and being forced into a situation where you've got no option but to realize that, you, that, that you're not made for this world. Yeah, we're, we're made for the hereafter. And this is something that, you know, unfortunately you know like if, you know if a person is not practicing they don't understand um a, a person who is not religious will definitely not understand this but Allah created us for the hereafter and you know I've just come off the back of uh sister Hafsa's uh, travelers program um six-week program it was incredible subhanallah um but I feel that where her biggest gift lies is in the wisdom that she she has um, in sharing her journey so yeah a lot of uh, love and respect for her mashallah but the other sister I think that you should uh, definitely um, get on uh, is a sister called Sobia Jawed um, she is a leadership coach and um, she's incredible oh my words she's amazing oh wow um, I'll have to give you the details and uh, I'll have to connect the two of you um, but she's she's really fascinating and um, yeah I really enjoy talking to her she's 
she's uh very inspirational put it that way very inspirational mashallah mashallah i think i'm connected with her i know i know i know who she yes. is and i'm yes. connected with her on linkedin so yeah. I'll, i'll have a look and you know as you were speaking about hafsa i yeah. was thinking this is going to be the introduction to her podcast yeah <laughs> because it's not out yet yeah. so inshallah next episode you will have Hafsa. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Amazing. You've introduced her so beautifully. You know, it's just right for me to have her next, even though she actually came before you. <laughs> But now you're intro you are introducing her. And I hope that the audience, um, if they stuck with us until now, <laughs> yeah. that they are excited and they want to learn more about it because it yeah. was an amazing episode with, uh, with Hafsa. She's just, oh my God, she's so nice. Mashallah, may Allah bless her, may Allah. It's just uh, amazing. Like I've known her like from the screen, from what she does. Yes. Uh, doing this podcast is really so, um, uh, it's, it's so great for me because I, I get to connect uh, in real yes. life with these, uh, with these amazing women and seeing how she was, subhanAllah, it's just, um, yeah. So I hope everyone is hyped up now. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's And we'll tune in, inshallah. It's going to be a great episode, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, if everything goes right, uh, then it will be the next episode with uh, Hafsa Adam, inshallah. Thank you so much, Alpha, for being my guest today. <laughs> um, a pleasure, a delight. And um, thank you. Thank you so much. Jazakallah khairan. May Allah bless you and your family and grant you tawfiq uh, in all of your projects. I mean, for you. And thank you so much for having me on. This is so fun. I really enjoyed it. Alhamdulillah. So, yeah. I hope Yeah, yeah, thank you. I enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoy every conversation with you anyway. I'm learning. I'm just trying to absorb everything that you say, mashallah. <laughs> Even the, the other podcasts that you've been on, yeah. uh, I've been listening all, to all of them. So, And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Jazakallah khairan and salam alaikum wa rahmatullah. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah.